Hey, everyone. Thanks, as usual, for listening to our show. As usual, check out our Twitter, at Midcourt Madness, and check out our website if you feel like doing some good reading, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, the deadline to withdraw from the NBA draft has officially passed, and it has caused a lot of chaos, Biggs. Yeah, there's been a huge stir. It's been pretty thrilling over the last 24 hours, especially with the deadline passing. We're going to talk about it right after this. Biggs, who's your big winner? All right, my big winner, and it's impossible to pick one singular big winner with the the deadline to withdraw uh, from the NBA draft, kind of setting rosters. We've gotten we've gotten this kind of boon of uh, of news here. It's been a meaty basically week with NIL stuff passing basically a week ago. Uh, the NBA draft uh, withdrawal deadline now hitting us. Players have to be in the portal or out of the or either in or out at this point. Uh, I think it was July first. So it's been a meaty kind of week. We've got college basketball offseason's kind of gotten a second wind, which we've never really gotten before. Uh, and a team that I think has flown under the radar a little bit is the University of St. John's, yeah. a team that was a fringe tournament team last year, late into they were kind of always in the uh, the Joe Lenardi bubble watch kind of season, right? They were constantly kind of in like that. Uh, in a down year in the Big East, I think they were like maybe the fourth or fifth team in the Big East. And in the first round of the Big East tournament, it was setting up where it was going to be St. John's versus Seton Hall. Winner probably gets in. And then neither of them got in. They both mm-hmm. kind of sucked. And St. John's was, was on the outside looking in. Well, I'll tell you what, they've had a they've they've kind of nailed it this offseason. Uh Julian Champagny, their top player, one of the one of the front runners for Big East player of the year. Brother uh, to Justin Champagny. That's Are right. They twins? Are they? I don't think they're they might be twins. I'm not sure if they're twins or they're not. the same age. Yeah, they might but they be don't twins. really. Well, one's got different hair, so they obviously can't be twins. I, I one has like an matters. afro kind of I thing, think, and the I other think one has you can get different haircuts. No, being a twin doesn't lock you into a haircut. Ah, uh, I not twins <laughs> that I know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Okay. If you're a twin, you have to I'll, do I'll the same thing. Okay. You have to go to the same school. Same job. Same job, exactly. Yeah, same dining at the same diners. Yes. Okay. You have, do you split the tab on that or do you just trade off each time? You ask Do you eat the same meal? You ask for mom, your mom for money. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine if, like, one of them, uh, when mom makes, like, PB&Js and they, one gets crust on, one gets crust off? That's a quick that, way to that, establish that, that, yourself that as the favorite son. How, how does that happen if you have to have the same haircut? That's true. If yeah. you're twins, you, you have the exact same DNA. Okay, exactly. Copy. Anyway, <laughs> Julian Champagny's back. He uh, he left. He entered the he entered the NBA draft. He averaged like twenty and seven uh, for the Red Storm last year. I like that they're called the Red Storm. That's super badass. It's a good name. That doesn't get talked about enough. It's like blood. It's like intimidating. It's a storm of blood. Yeah. Like, well, we won't get into that. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's back though, and and when you're talking about we're gonna we're focused we're gonna talk a lot about guys who are coming back to college, but. One of the big keys for for good teams, if you want to have a successful team that that can contend in your league, contend for a tournament berth, uh, contend for a title, and, and I think we get a little too focused on contending for a title. But if you want to just be a high quality team, sometimes the biggest sometimes the biggest factor is not the the freshman recruits that you're bringing in, the four and five star guys. It's guys who could who could realistically make a case to leave for the NBA draft, and they opt to return, right? 
Julian Champagne is definitely one of those guys. He, he might get drafted, right? He's not going to be a for me of a first-round pick, but he's he's got a case where if he were to leave and say, okay, he was really good, he's gone. Well, he's back. That's huge. That's a huge start for your season. Um, they also bring back Posh Alexander, who was one of the better freshmen in the Big East, and they knocked it out of the park here, knocking out uh, a, a number of transfers. They, they've really hit the portal hard. It's kind of been underrated. We've talked a lot about Kentucky. We've talked a lot about Indiana. Talked a Oregon. lot about Oregon. All these teams that have really hit the portal. St. John's has assembled a pretty nice little group. They hit. They got Steph Smith out of Vermont, double-figure score for one of the best teams in the American East. Vermont's a, a, a usual tournament team. Uh, they got Montez Mathis, a rotation guard from Rutgers, who maybe like an eight or nine points a game guy, good defender. They got Aaron Wheeler, a guy from Purdue who came off the bench for three years, kind of underachieved at Purdue, but um, you know could be a could be another depth piece. They added Joel Soriano from Fordham, a double-double big man, 6'11", 250, monster on the block. And now just recently this last week, they added Tariq, Tariq Coburn from Hofstra, who averaged like 17 a game, four or five assists, like an all-conference player in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the CAA, the Colonial. Yep. So they've added five solid rotation player transfers on top of getting your top two guys back. So none of these transfers are going to be the best player. But getting Champagne back, everybody else just kind of falls right into that that nice little kind of hierarchy. St. John's, I think, could be a tournament team in the Big East. Okay. So what do you think their outlook is in the Big East? I think we can all agree that the favorite is Villanova. Yeah, without doubt. Right. Um, could you, I think, another team that jumps out of my mind, another team that's sort of quietly had a good offseason is Creighton. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you think? Are they about on the same level? Is, are they sort of fighting out for that second? second oh, that's all about projection with Creighton because do you see the Creighton? If you're looking at like the two four seven recruiting rankings, they're like the fourth highest recruiting class. Yeah, they've got a really good class. We talked about that a few episodes ago. They've sort of been like, you know, what, we're not. Everyone's taking their attention away from incoming freshmen and just focusing on transfer portal. Let's just stay back. They got like four top one hundred yeah, guys. Exactly. I don't know how good they're going to be in year one of that. It's yeah. just hard to win with with fringe like. If you have four five stars coming in, you know, four top 20 recruits, yeah. But if you have four top 100 guys, what's the hit rate? If, if two of those guys are probably good, two of them might take a year to develop. Creighton's okay. I don't, I don't think they're maybe the second best team. Seton Hall's probably up there. They're, they're probably solid. They bring back a couple of guys, plus they got a couple good transfers. Um, Xavier, they're kind of whatever. They yeah. bring back Paul Scruggs, who's one of the better fifth-year opt-ins, which we'll talk about more later. That's a good question. I, it might just be kind of one of those where it's Villanova and, and friends after that, and, yeah. and there's maybe a path. Uh, maybe UConn, I guess. We kind of forgot about them. They're losing James Booknight, but they bring back a lot of other guys. Mm-hmm. There might be a path, though, where St. – I mean, you look up here in, in early February, and St. John's is at in that number two, three, maybe contending in the Big East. Okay. Like Why it. not? I like it. Thank you. You got a winner? Yeah. Okay. I want you to uh, close your eyes for a moment. Ooh, okay. Uh, imagine it's – December 18th, okay? What what do you think in your mind? December 18th, what comes to your mind? I can't believe I haven't done any Christmas shopping yet. True. That's probably the big one. You're probably stressing out. A little little bit. You look outside, it's probably snowing. It's probably cold outside, you know. Yeah. Not great. One week left of school, probably finals before Christmas break. Yeah. And and awesome non-conference college hoops. Maybe it's kind of maybe that lull between like your your awesome early season conference hoops and or maybe it isn't. Maybe it isn't bigs. Really? What if I told you you could wake up 
that Saturday morning, you know, have a little coffee. I don't, no, you don't drink coffee. I might eventually, though. My wife's been trying to get me to drink coffee. I'm okay. too scared. I'm too much of a pansy. Speaking of your wife, she'll probably have a honeydew list in the morning, you know. Most likely, yep. Um, She's really good at, like, volunteering me to do a bunch of shit that I don't want to do. Yeah. Like, really good at it. <laughs> and so you get all that done, right? Yeah. And then 1 o'clock rolls around. You turn on the TV. It's Gonzaga, Texas Tech. Hmm. Very intriguing matchup. Not, up. Maybe not the greatest, but it's a very intriguing matchup, I would say. Absolutely. You know, you watch that game, you get done, it's 3 o'clock, right? Okay. You yep. switch the channel, North Carolina versus UCLA. Ooh, that's juicy. Yeah, that's a big matchup. You have the battle of, you know, Johnny Juzang, Jaime Jaquez versus Baycott, Caleb Love. John, um, we're going we're gonna, to be making a scene here pretty soon. Yes. Yeah. That game gets done, which, by the way, is part of the CBS Sports Classic. That's right. Yep. That's always fun. Right after that, projected, it says 515 right now. might be 530. We'll see. Mm -hmm. You get Kentucky versus Ohio State. Ooh. That's another top, probably maybe top 15 matchup. Also as part of the CBS Sports Classic. That's right. The CBS Sports Classic is always a good time. Yes. How would you feel about that day? I'm excited about that day. I opened my eyes again now, and boy, is it! It's a little brighter in here. I feel a little better. Um, it's not snowing. It's not snowing. Actually, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of like the idea. It's no snow right now. I took a went on a walk and like I'm sweating and I don't like it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the CBS Sports Classics always. It doesn't get anywhere near the pub as the the Champions Classic at the very beginning of the year, kicking off the season yep. with with Duke and Kentucky and whatnot. It's still great though. It's terrific. Yeah. Is it always the same four teams? It was the same four teams a year ago. And same matchups, if I remember. Yes, they did a late change so. in those matchups, but it's the same. It's, it's the same. It's the yeah. same kind of deal. Where yeah, they aren't they all? In, is it out in California where it's at? I'm not sure to be honest. But yeah, I think it's the same four teams that consistently rotate. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, and because of that, you know, December 18th is kind of just a forgotten day. You know, at that point, people are just waiting for Christmas to come around, right? Yeah, you might be in like that. You're in like kind of the lull of like the NFL season. You're probably yeah. at the very end of it, where where teams are kind of wrapped up and maybe playoffs will be starting in the next. Some like teams two are weeks. just playing for a better pick, you know. Right. There's just a few teams fighting for a playoff berth. Yeah. December eighteenth, we just got some college hoops. coming out of the woodworks, and they are my big winner. December eighteenth is your big winner. Yes. All right. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Circle that on your calendars. Yes. I can't wait. Who's your loser? My loser. And, and this might segue. We'll we'll talk about this a little more later. This is this is something that we can probably talk about later. But uh, folks who have dreams of maybe contending in the Big Twelve, because for the longest time, the path to the Big Twelve title always the road went through Lawrence, Kansas. Kansas went fifteen years straight winning the Big Twelve title. Generations. There's kids who know nothing but Kansas winning the Big Twelve title. And then two years ago, Kansas Kansas State. And was it Baylor? Maybe Texas Tech? I can't remember who it was. One of those teams knocked Kansas finally mm-hmm. from winning the Big 12. Last year, they went back and won it again. Uh, and now this past year, it was Baylor completely dominating. And, and nobody really kind of thought of that. Kansas was just kind of ho-hum. And, and they've had kind of ho-hum teams in the past. By Kansas is always graded on its own kind of curve, right? Kansas had great Kansas teams. Kansas had not so great Kansas teams, but in relation to everybody else, they're still pretty damn good. Baylor goes out and wins the national title, wins the Big 12, wins the Big 12 tournament, does it all. No, maybe they didn't win the Big 12 tournament. That was Texas. 
Yes, Moffat on the side. Yeah, they, but I think that was their. Did they just have one loss this year? What was it? Two. Two losses. Yeah, one coming out of COVID, season, coming out of COVID, and then they had an additional loss in the, the in the semis. tournament. Yeah, I think it's in the semis. Yes. Well, any dream of contending in the Big Twelve is gone. The ro- the roads go through Lawrence again. We've we've normalized because Kansas had a hell of a week. We talk about these teams with these guys coming back out of the draft. Kansas hit the trifecta, getting Remy Martin. Also, Remy Martin, I would think he's got to have a uh, he's got to have a uh, like a sponsorship deal with uh, Remy, 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 Remy Martin, right? Is that a thing? It's like a whiskey or like it a, it? it's like a wine. I was gonna say Re- Remington. It's another brand. Oh, maybe that yeah. could be too. Remy Martin is a. It's like I a, would hope so. It's like a French. It's like a French drink of some sort. Interesting. It's like I think it's like a wine, maybe or a scotch. That'd be scotch. Okay. He's twenty-two. Yeah, he it's wants. a missed opportunity if he doesn't have that sponsor. Agreed. But he's coming back. Well, not coming back, but he's transferring from Arizona State. He he came out of the NBA draft. Uh, Oshai Abaji. A lot of people consider him likely to leave. He's back. Uh, he's back. And Jalen Wilson, one of the top freshmen in the Big Twelve last year. Uh, that was kind of me. He was kind of in like that 50-50 range, I yeah. think, on leaving. I, I don't think you were expecting both of those guys back, Baji and mm-hmm. Wilson. They're both back. So Kansas uh, is hitting the is hitting the home run there with all three of those guys coming back. And, and you're also on top of what you already have yeah. in, in, in McCormick and Brown. And they added a uh, – they have a decent recruiting class coming in. And then they added um, – who's the Creighton kid that they added? They added Joseph Yasufu. Yep. So, right. all of a sudden, that yeah. team's got a little bit of juice. Last year, what was the issue with Kansas? Their offense wasn't great because Marcus Garrett, for all the good things he does, he's kind of like a college Ben Simmons in that he's, he's great defensively, does the little stuff. Dude can't shoot, and that's a problem nowadays. If, you're, subtraction there. if your point guard can't shoot, Remy Martin might shoot a little too much, but you know he's, he's going to give you a little more juice offensively, and same with Yasufu coming off the bench who can give you some pop. Kansas is going to be – they're reloaded. Top five, I think, uh, in the preseason. I mean, I would think Kansas is probably ranked number three or four in the preseason. Okay. So my loser is teams, teams from, wanting to contend for the Big 12. Teams other than Kansas trying to win the Big 12. Yep. Gotcha. Which is all of them. So Indeed. Yes. Unless they're talking about just winning the national title, then they all get a national championship yeah. if Kansas is to win the national title next True. year. True. That's a good way to look at it, too. Indeed. Glass half full you are. Yeah. <laughs> you got a loser, John? I do have a loser. All right. I've got a bit of a story time for you. This might take a while. Sit down, grab a little hot chocolate, maybe. Because I want you to think it's back to December 18th, John. March 2020. COVID hits, right? And all hell breaks loose. Shit hits the fan, right? I'm going to have to put explicit on this pod when, when I upload it. Tournament canceled. Sports are basically canceled, right? Eventually, we get back. We're able to have a college basketball season, right? Season starts. And along with that, rumblings of, you know, some loose transfer rules, you know, like because of COVID, if you want to have like another season, if you, you, know, you get it, basically. If you want to transfer basically anywhere with no strings attached, okay, go right ahead. So rumblings throughout the year. And finally, after Baylor cut down the nets in early April, they, they passed it, right? You can transfer wherever the hell you want, right? And what comes with that? The transfer portal, which is always there. Now, maybe not always, but the past few years has been there. But it's always been sort of almost like a forgotten child, the middle child, if you will, the black sheep. If you want to look at it from like a family dynamic standpoint, you know, the older oldest child, it's the first one 
It's the one you get off to college, right? That's players going to the NBA draft. You get out of your house, you know? The young child, the shiny new toy, the incoming freshman is what that is. Mm. And that's where the transfer portal has always been for the past few years, just that middle child, the forgotten one. Like there's been some good names coming in in and out of the transfer portal, but not like it did this offseason, right? It's just the wild, wild west. But now, you know, we talked earlier about player movement is going to sort of die down here. There's still some players in the transfer portal um, deciding where they want to go. But the transfer portal has sort of lost its moment now. And for that reason, they are my big loser. The transfer portal getting passed by. No longer the shiny new toy. Exactly. They're your loser. I like it, it. had its moment in the sun. It, ha- it was, for a bit there, it was the midlife crisis for a 45-year-old dad, you know. The Harley, the sports car. Getting the leather leather jacket. Now he's realized that he needs to sell that car. Join reality again. Exactly. Get a Buick. Yes. Buick's ain't bad, though. Deep thoughts with John. Indeed. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. You're right. The transfer portal is kind of the transfer portal era of the offseason kind of came and went. It's it's lost its luster. Um yeah, you're right. I mean, the, it, it's kind of out of juice now. There's there's a few players left, as you kind of mentioned, but you know, for the most part, there's there's not much left. These guys have to make up their mind, and we're living in this age now where we've talked about it. It's it's not even we're living in like this this decision announcement culture where like the obsession isn't. It's I'm obsessed my, with my getting favorite. my attention. I'm in the portal. I get to put out my graphic that I'm thinking about doing this, this, and this. I've got the, the photo of me sitting there holding my chin thinking, and then there's three doors with question marks on them. But once you have to actually finally make the decisions, like, oh, okay, yeah, my, no one my, cares anymore. My favorite that I've seen recently is not announcing your top seven on a specific date, but announcing that, that you're, you're going, going to, to announce that top seven on, say, July 15th. Yeah. Right? It's absurd. It, it's great. I saw something about that yesterday. There was a tweet from, I think, uh, was it Jeff Goodman, who tweeted – him and him and John Rossiam and kind of going back and forth the two kind of college basketball mm-hmm. breaking news big knockers and, and he tweeted like I'm going to I know the decision but I'm going to let the player make up his mind on what he's doing and I think he he tweeted I can't remember who it was too was it Aesmus might have been Aesmus or might have been Isaiah Mobley one of one of the one of the one of the better players but that had to make a decision player, he tagged him and it's just it was like Aesmus. it's like dude. Who cares if they're making the decision? Like, shouldn't the actual decision be bigger than the, the like announcing that they're making the decision? Like, it's probably his, it's just like, silly. all these insiders want to break the news, right? That's his way of That's saying. That's what I love about. I, I, I could have broken it first, right? But I'm, I'm going to let him break. That's it. what I love about Rostein is like he just breaks it, man. Like, yeah. yeah, it's my job to break your news. Like, I don't, you know, like I the announcement shouldn't be that big a deal. You know, there was a guy, I think it was one of the top prospects who's going to like is it Jaden Hardy, who's one of the top five recruits. Yeah. He he was going. Everyone knew he was going pro or going to the G League or whatever, and he needed to like have like this big like announcement party in Vegas or something that he was going to go to the G League. And somebody broke it the day prior. Jaden Hardy's going to the G League. It's like oh duh, everybody know like literally the world's worst secret. Um, and people were like upset about it. They're like, how dare you take away that kid's moment? He's worked his whole life for that moment. What moment? Everyone that he puts knew. out on Instagram that he's going to the G League. But is who cares? Who gives a shit? It's so weird. That's like if I got a new job and like you went and told my friends and I got upset. That's you know, that's what I had thought in the moment. That's what I had thought at the time was 
you know, I'm going to be really upset if somebody else tells one of those the time when I got hired, mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, like, if somebody tells our other friend that I got the job before I get a chance to tell them, it's going to diminish that entire thing for me. You're gonna that's be why a, I got the job so that I can tell my friends. You're going to be irrationally upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got the job. Yeah. So you tell people. Not exactly. so you can make money. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You have a wife for that. Yeah. True. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Biggs. I know you alluded to some interesting topics that you want to bring up. Well, I just think with with all the players, with with it being deadline day for to if you have to withdraw the, the early entry withdrawal deadline, right? You guys who entered the draft who were, who were able to come back to college yesterday, and we're recording this on July eighth, so the deadline was July seventh at I don't know, midnight, let's yeah, call it. Some, sometime in the evening. They had to have their minds made up. Mm-hmm. And I thought we actually got a really good number of players back. College basketball. How much of that is like that? Like now they can sign NIL loss. I think there's a huge correlation. Yeah, I really do. I think that's going to be a huge. There's. I. I think that's great. I it's going to help college basketball. Then we've said it, that it's going to help keep the talent. Agreed. We've. We've. That's what we've been saying, and that's why I'm a huge proponent of it. Is if guys these these guys everybody that we name here, like. There might be a couple guys that have a chance of getting drafted, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe second round pick type guys. I don't think there was a first round pick in this group. You're not getting you're not getting Zion Williamson in college for two years, right? You're not getting the top players. You're not getting Cade Cunningham for another year. Jalen sucks. Chet Holmgren's not going to play two years of college because he can make a lot of money at NAL stuff. Um, but you're going to be able to get a lot of these guys, like the Kansas kids, the the Remy Martin, Oshaya Baji, really rock solid college players back for more for more college you're going to enhance that game and i really like that i thought we had a pretty good day so i don't know we want to just get into some of that stuff who stood out to you yesterday as as players coming back that were particularly impactful um there's an obvious big one yeah we have to start off with that one i think and i think the winner of yesterday was ucla um agreed just because you know they obviously get johnny juzang back and also, Cody Riley announced he's coming back there. They're a big guy, right? Yep. And so just looking at their roster construction, they return all five of their starters. Yep. They also get um, Peyton Watson, a swingman. And so they could – Top con- 10 recruit. Yeah. They could conceivably have – it'd probably be Jules Bernard, a starter from a Final Four team last year, get bumped to a six-man role. It's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Do they start Peyton Watson right away at that three, or do they start Jules? It really doesn't matter. No. Um, in addition to that, you know, we talked about them getting Miles Johnson earlier mm-hmm. in the offseason, um, sort of another big man, almost Cody Riley's twin. In a Fort- way. Fortify your front yeah, line a little bit. Exactly. Basically have, you know, just that guy to come in and spell Cody Riley. They they might each play 20 minutes a game. Exactly. Yeah, isn't that – I mean, right there you have a rock-solid seven-man rotation. Mm-hmm. And you got to think like if if um, if Riley and Johnson basically tag team that center spot, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty and twenty, yeah. whatever. Twenty two, yeah. eighteen, whatever you want. Like get, one of those guys, you know, get the boards. You can always get, have one of those guys def- on the floor. Defend the other team's best big. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Score it. Score if they if they can combine for twelve points per game, they're doing their job. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got plenty of guys who can score. You've got your basically five guards, five guards slash wings, right? With with Tiger Campbell, Juzang, Hakez, Bernard, and now Watson, five guys for four spots. They can all conceivably play thirty minutes a game and keep keep everybody happy. Who who cares who starts? My guess is they'll probably just keep the same starting five. 
mm-hmm. uh, unless Watson absolutely blows you away. Um, no matter how good he is, and, I, and I've heard he's had some really good reports coming out. He's playing with the U19 national team, I think, and, and he's getting some solid pub there. But no matter what, I mean, he might not start. And with, with Mick Cronin, he's, he strikes me as one of those coaches who's probably not going to just uh, gift a five-star kid minutes because of recruiting rankings. Roy, Roy was the same way, I remember. Yeah. So, you know, some of these older coaches, they, they don't care what your recruiting ranking is. And that's fine. And by and by, list, I've heard Peyton Watson talk. He's, you know, interviews for what they're worth. He strikes me as maybe a hard-nosed. I think if you're signing up to play for Mick Cronin. You have to be hard-nosed. You kind of have that mindset anyway that you're not expecting to be kind of entitled. So he's going to play a ton, but you've got great options there. One guy gets in foul trouble. And you've got now, you know, they always talk about the old cliche. It's like, well, we, we have, you know, we have, we don't have five stars. We actually have seven starters. Mm-hmm. And usually it's just kind of a blown smoke up a kid's ass to make them happy. They actually have starter quality talent now. And, and, but it's not like maybe you have too much where you worry about maybe like, a, a, you know, chemistry being a big issue because maybe generally chemistry pops up if a kid's not playing enough and he thinks yep. he should be playing more. If you have that tight seven man rotation, um, kids are going to stay happy, and maybe you've got some kids at the end of your bench who are who are wanting to play a little more, maybe. But boy, it, I mean, come tournament time, you're you're rolling with seven guys, and UCLA seven is as good as probably anybody's. Yep. And then we actually missed this uh, last pod, but Chris Chris Smith is gone. Um, yeah. But I mean, they're able to make the final four without him. I don't think it's a huge loss. He was injured no. last year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and you know. Nice little transition. We talked about Miles Johnson. You know, his old school, Rutgers. They get their ret- returning scorer, Ron Harper Jr., back. Yep. yep. Um, Geo Baker, who is sort of like their second, third option a year ago, um, is also back. He averaged, what, 10 points per game. And it's a team who, you know, we talked about they lost Miles Johnson. They also lost um, Jacob Young to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, but with those two back, you know, could they be – Tier three in the Big Ten. <laughs> Your eyes light up whenever I say the word tier. Yeah, I think I think they have the I think they have the bones to be a top half Big Ten team. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, you're bringing back Harper Junior. Who was uh McCall McCallahy and Omar Rui. Yep. Caleb uh Paul Mulcahy, Caleb McConnell averaged like five and a half points a game. I swear though, you watch him like if you just randomly tune in and watch a Rutgers game. If you get the right night, Caleb McConnell looks like a guy who it's like, how's this dude not average 15 a game? I think he's gonna be a breakout guy for them. And then Cliff Omarui uh, is a is a highly rated big man. He was like a yeah. top fifty recruit, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe second the, fiddle to uh, Miles Johnson a year ago. Came off the bench as a freshman, yeah. So like you gotta think like he takes a big step maybe as your as your big man. More opportunities to maybe he gets up to I saw Miles Johnson average about eight points a game a year ago. Sure. Maybe that's Maybe that's Omar Rui this year. Yeah, maybe. And, and I think people kind of forget Ron Harper last year started the year on an absolute tear. He averaged like, he was averaging like 22 a game yeah. in the first half of the season. Then he had an ankle injury and just never really seemed to get back to what he what he was. And I finished the year averaging like 15. So I mean, he's not a, not a slouch, but I, there's legitimate Big Ten player of the year potential there, I think, with, with Ron Harper Jr. I mean, he's a really, really good player. I don't think he's going to ever be a great pro, but he he's the exact type of player that college basketball that you want staying in college basketball as long as possible. He's he's legit, and, and Geo Baker's a four year starter, so he's come, he's actually opting back in for a fifth year. Um, 
another guy who's just a steady hand and yeah, I, I think that's a that's a that's a great day is getting those two guys back. You're getting two starters back or double figure scores and potentially giving Rutgers a chance to, you know, make it two straight NCAA tournaments. Yeah. Um, some other ones, let's see here. I thought this one might not have come out yesterday, but it might have been a, within the last couple of days. Uh, Ohio State getting EJ Liddell back. Yep. You know, that's I, a, I think was expected. Yeah, I think it was too. After you lose Dwayne Washington, though, you're thinking, holy crap, all of a sudden we, we could go from a top five team. If we lose Washington, who we weren't really expecting, and Liddell, boy, this, the sky is kind of falling. Are they even in the top us. 20 if they lose Liddell? Yeah, so you, you get him back, and now you got, okay, we can kind of regroup. And now I think they are kind of – they're also in the mix for maybe arguably the top uh, – well, maybe not the top transfer because I think Coffee Cockburn and Marcus Carr are both in there. But one of the top guys still available is Louisiana kind of swingman Cedric Russell. Uh, and his decision's coming here hopefully in the next couple of days. Hopefully this pod yeah. isn't dated by that time. But he's thinking – Emergency pod opportunity there. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, it's between Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Marquette, and St. John's. So you got to think Ohio State can sell you on, hey, you're going to have shots available for us. But but EJ Liddell coming back is huge because he's another one of those guys. I mean, he's one of the best bigs in the in the conference, and he averaged 16 and like yeah. 8 last year. That was a that was a really good get back, yep. you know. And so, yeah, especially if they get uh, Russell, it, or almost – Almost, he kind of it almost washes the out the Dwayne Washington yeah, he, leaving. So. He steps into that Dwayne Washington void. Probably so could, could launch them back up into that top ten possibility. Yeah, may, maybe, yep. maybe. Yeah, I guess I, we we'll have more time to kind of think about ranking teams, but yeah. that that would be certainly nice. But you you needed Liddell back, and they got him back, so that's big. Yep. And I also see the leading scorer from a year ago, hailing out of Oral Roberts, sort of became mm. the nation's darling. Come tournament time, also hit the sh- also almost hit the shot in the second round to send them to the Sweet Sixteen. Max, not Abmis. That actually wasn't the Sweet Sixteen. Was that in the Sweet Sixteen? Against so, Arkansas. Damn it! To get to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Max Aces. Aces. Abmis. You know, if you think if you're sitting there thinking, nah, they're going to be back there again next year, I'd probably pump the brakes on that one because they're pretty bad last year. Well, also bad, but Kevin O'Banner, their second best player. We talked about it during tournament time, like you know, it was those two. It was those two, basically accounting for seventy to eighty percent. I think it was the days leading up to that Sweet Sixteen matchup. We're skeptical that they'd even be in the game because yeah. if either one of those has even a slight off night, cooked, cooked. Well, now it's basically going to be an off night every night for Kevin O'Banner because he won't be there. Indeed. Max Aismas might average like thirty-five a game. He's gonna Ooh, have like gonna he's fun. gonna have the greenest light in the history of green it's lights. It's gonna be like Jimmer. I think of Nate Robinson when I watch him play. Just a little guy, quick as hell. Yep. Oh, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see if if they do make the tournament next year. How many people do you think will remember how to say his name correctly? I will. <laughs> Just because I had to publicly apologize. Yeah. To our five listeners. On you think he's podcast. accepted that? He hasn't DM'd me yet. Silence generally means that he accepted it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, I don't know where I was going with that. I feel like well, silence with women is a good thing. No, wait, no, no that's yeah, that's usually it. that's right. No, that's not what they want. That's a punishment. That's right. That is a punishment. He's sitting over there like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Ace Miss coming back was a it was a big one for Oral Roberts and just 
who knows if they're going to make the term. And Oral Roberts is not thinking like, oh, yeah, Max Ace was back. We're going to win the title. But they're probably thinking, hey, we, we might have a chance to win the summit. Well, the athletic department is thinking, hey, we can sell some tickets still. Absolutely. We might get back to the tournament. Maybe. You know, probably. who knows? Maybe the summit league tournament. Yeah. I mean, they probably won't even be the favorite in the league. No. I would assume. Uh, it's usually State. either South Dakota State or North Dakota State. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, how about uh, Arizona State getting Marcus Bagley back? That was a surprise. That was a surprise. Because, like, not only was it a surprise that like, he's coming back, but also a surprise that he's coming back to Arizona State. And like, staying at ASU. Yeah, people yeah. thought, it, like, that bridge was just burned. Where's Arizona State at? Is that in Tempe? It's in Arizona. Indeed. Yes. What what city in Arizona? Oh, okay. Tempe, Arizona? Gonna, is this going to be a situation where I look it up and then you're going to ask me how far away it is from something else? No, I, I'm just curious. Arizona State University. I mean... I think it's in, is it in, oh, it's Phoenix. It is in Phoenix. It's in Phoenix. I can think of a lot of worse places to go to college than Phoenix. That'd be a fun place. I mean, think about, you're, you're the big man on campus at Phoenix. I imagine the scenery there isn't bad, especially during the school year when it's not 120 degrees. It's probably a little hot right now. might mm-hmm. be a little unpleasant, but uh, it's a dry heat. That's what they tell me. So That's what I hear, too. I've heard that's not bad. Yeah. Humidity sucks. Like this past weekend when we were sitting out having beers. Sweating. Um, just yeah. sitting there sweating. We found a little shade, but we, we made it work. That but, shade was clutch. Yeah. And the little bit of wind that we got was clutch. Indeed. Yes. But the humidity is horrible. I know. But Phoenix, I imagine, when, like in the fall, can you imagine a Phoenix night? Like, it'd be kind of nice. Maybe. Should we go? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And we're back. <laughs> we're back from our trip. <laughs> where's the uh, Where's the Grand Canyon? Is that near Phoenix? gotta be i guess just i think i I think of that area as the grand canyon that's true yeah yeah good call (laughs) you don't have to look up where the grand canyon is but yeah bagley's coming back so arizona state can uh you know they'll probably be rated pretty high in the preseason disappoint us again next year especially in that pac-12 which i've got to bring up let's go back to ucla all right because i think you know we've talked about oregon and the offseason they've had would you agree that Juzang back just basically cements them as a favorite. The leader, oh, quite literally, the leader of the pack. Oh, oh, oh like the conference, the, the Pacific Conference. No, the pack. The pack. pack leader of the pack. <laughs> um, yeah, our winner should have been like Bill Walton. Oh, conference God. of Champions gets a boost. Um, yeah, preseason, they probably are the top. They probably uh, are the front runners. Do you think they'll win the Pac-12? At this very moment in time, do you predict that UCLA wins the Pac-12? Do you think either UCLA or Oregon will win both the regular season and the tournament? Mm. That's a bigger question. So if you're like a if you're doing like a Vegas kind of deal where you you do a, a parlay right. on I'll put it this way. I would take those two would you take those two? We just keep asking each other questions and never answering. <laughs> I like I like I Anyways, like Dawson Garcia. Yeah, announces. that was a great transfer pickup. Here, here's some other, here's some other guys coming back. Okay, uh, USC getting Isaiah Mobley. Yes, it's a big pickup or a big get back for them. The lesser of the Mobleys. Yeah, the lesser, but he's the big brother Mobley. So I'd imagine it's like Blake Griffin's brother. What was his name again? Taylor. He used to play at uh, the Dakota Wizards in Bismarck. He oh, used to yeah. play there. Too. You ever seen him at like the bars and stuff? No, I had friends. That's sweet. So do you remember who seemed to beat? Yeah. So he, he was like the number, was he number two overall pick? Yeah, he was His rookie year, he gets sent down to Dakota Wizards. Yes. And I had some friends who saw him at Buffalo Wild Wings getting wings. What, what kind of wings is he getting? I don't, 
you'd have to have time. Man, I'm, I'm curious. Because <laughs> anyway. you'd have been like 22, 23 years old. I feel like my taste palette has really evolved where I used to be a scared to death of all different flavors. Oh, I just get Parmigar and Honey Barbecue. And See, sometimes medium. I'm evolving. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Like a lot, a lot of people I've heard as you get older, you get a less of a, a tolerance for the hot stuff and you have to kind of cool it down. I, I'm, I'm putting the pedal to the metal. I'm hitting the throttle down. I'm going like, give me Buffalo. I'm obsessed with Buffalo. I, I've right had, uh, I don't know what it is. Mango Habanero is the hottest I've ever had. But I, I, scares not, me. not multiple ones. Just like one. Yeah, that scares me. What about the Asian Zing? Where's that at on the, on the spectrum? Is that kind of in the middle? Mango. Is it okay? I, I can have that, yeah. Or like Desert Heat. It scares me. Like Phoenix. Should we go there? Yeah, that sounds really good. It's Thursday. And we're back. And we're back. I'm full. <laughs> Just crush some wings. Let's see. But yeah, Mobley coming back. I mean, I think USC now... I, they're not going to be as good as they were last year, but they've got some good players back with with Mobley and Drew Peterson, who was a solid player last year for them. Isaiah White, their bowling ball. Is, is it, I think that's Ethan game? Anderson. Is Isaiah that, White's their other swing man. I, all, all three of those guys are back, along with Chavez Goodman, who was a good big man. They picked up Booger Ellis. No, wasn't his name like Maurice Ellis? Like Greg? Boogie remember, they, remember they picked Boogie up Boogie, Boogie Ellis from Boogie Memphis, Ellis. and we figured out what his actual real name was, and it was oh, like we it was did. like it was like Chris or something lame, like it was something stupid. Yeah. Boogie, what's his name? Oh, Rajon. That sounds stupid. Yeah, that's actually fine. Yeah. Why doesn't he just go with that? I would. Why does your name have to be Boogie? That sounds stupid. Maybe he likes to boogie. Get down and boogie. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Dance moves. Yeah, exactly. See, that's not as fun when you're small. Like if it's like a giant guy and he likes boogieing, all right, I'm cool with that. Maybe that's sizeism by me, See, though. See, there's a picture with him in a Duke jersey. That must be like a recruited visit. Yeah, everybody thought he was going there. What, what a great decision to not go there, because he clearly hates losing, so he didn't want to go to Duke. That's right. Yeah. He made the right choice. Right. Uh, but Mobley's back, so that helps USC. That makes the Pac-12 a little better as a conference. Um, and then here's a couple others I'll just fire at you, and you you just kind of take it. You react to, to any one of them. Wichita State getting Tyson ETN. So Whoa. 17 a game. Uh, Texas Tech getting Terrence Shannon, Vanderbilt yeah. getting Scott Pippen Jr., and S- Southern Methodist, SMU, getting Kendrick Davis. Mm-hmm. Those four uh, four guys back, what do you think? I like the TJ Shannon one. Terrence um, Shannon for Texas Tech? I, they call him TJ during the telecast, I'm pretty sure. TJ Shannon? Yeah, I think it's Terrence Shannon Jr. Oh, I see. So yeah. Terrence Jr. Yeah. Shannon. I think during like the game, they call him TJ. I'm basically a broadcaster. You got a good vibe with them. Yeah, okay. exactly. You call him TJ. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was TJ Shannon the one who was starting most of the year until someone else came back, and then he sort of got relegated to a, a six-man role? Or is that another – someone for Texas Tech was that? Yeah, that might have been Terrence Shannon. I'm trying to think yeah. who would have been coming back, though. I'm trying to think. Texas Tech – I mean, they have – they had McClung, Kyler Edwards. Was it McCuller? Did McCuller come back from injury? He might have, yeah, I think he came back from injury, but he's, he's yeah, you know what, it might have been McCullough who took over yeah. that starting job. Yeah, I think that's what the deal was. Even though they kind of, they're, they're kind of different players. McCullough is like a grinder, four-man type, and Shannon's more of a, like a, like a two-three. Both those guys are back, though. Yeah. And you're thinking when Chris Beard left, it's like, man, Texas, like, things are going to be rough here. We lost Kyler Edwards right away. They actually, I think, rebounded nicely. Yeah, they did have a chance. They get, with TJ Shannon, we'll just say he's a starter. Yeah. With him, McCuller, and Santos Silver, they get three returning starters yep. back. They get Adonis Harms, 
transferred from Winthrop. Yep. Good player. Um, they also get Sadar Calhoun, transferred from Florida State. Only averaged five points per he game. He was the top-rated junior college player, though, two years ago. Yeah. So, generally with those JUCO guys, it kind of takes a year for them to to break in. So, oh, he would be a breakout guy, potentially. Yep. And, you know, he, he only averaged, like, five points per game last year, but you got to realize they're running out ten players a game. That's, like, 15-point a game exactly. for, for most teams. So, he could, ha- he could be a breakout candidate yep. um, in the Big 12 Conference. And another one is uh, junior college transfer KJ Allen. Yeah, so they're going to have a good six to seven man rotation, also. Yeah, Bryson Williams from UTEP, who was who was one of the better players. Is that conference USA? I don't remember what conference the University of Texas El Paso is in. Uh, Bryson Williams, a good player, and then Davian Warren, Texas Southern. Where's that Western? We were talking about the movie West Texas. Whatever. University of West Texas ended up turning into Texas El Paso. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like you just list off a few. That's the one I'd go with as sort of the most intriguing one. Yeah. Which one do you like the most? I, I like the Kendrick Davis one from SMU. SMU is a super fun team to watch, and Kendrick Davis, who was a originally he went to TCU, then he transferred to SMU a couple years ago. He averaged like eighteen points and seven assists. Uh, I think SMU is one of those darling, kind of underrated, sneaky, interesting teams last year out of uh, the American and COVID just crushed them. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't play it for like two months and they just never really, it's just never really manifested. Kendrick Davis though, I think has a chance to be like on your Bob Cousy award kind of top point guard list. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the best point guards in the country. I, I think that one's, that one's interesting. Um, and then the Scotty Pippen jr. One, I think Vanderbilt has been God awful. And, and I don't think that makes Vanderbilt like they're not gonna be like a powerhouse, but I don't think Vanderbilt is going to be like this complete joke of a team. Uh, Pippen coming back helps them, and then they also added uh, who they, they the big guy um, Liam Robbins. Liam Robbins from Minnesota. How does that make you feel? Are you now a Vanderbilt fan? He's not from Minnesota, so but like, he I don't, played there. Yeah, but like he's not from Minnesota, so I don't subscribe to the idea that if he was in my state, he's actually one of us kind of oh, thing. Okay. You know, sure. So yeah, <laughs> Minnesota not nice. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I've lived in North Dakota almost as long as I've lived in Minnesota, so maybe I've become better at life. Or an asshole, you know. <laughs> I'm more dogged. I'm willing to call people out. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great day, though. I mean, how many of these guys, you wonder, who knows, it's impossible to know, but, like, you wonder how many of these guys would have left in a different year without NIL stuff, without oh, whatever yeah. it is. You know, like, how many of these guys that are going to be back that are going to enhance college basketball? Well, the thing is, like, when they decide – you know, I'm gonna put my name in the draft. What's their fallback if they don't get drafted? They can still go make money. They can make a certain amount of money, G yep. League or overseas, whatever. Exactly. But you gotta think with these new NIL, NIL stuff. I might be able to make that. Now. Depending on who you are and what market you're in, you can easily make up a G League salary. Absolutely. I mean, and we're talking like uh, this. I mean, Kansas is probably the only one that. I mean, this directly impacts maybe the very, very top of the sport, but Rutgers potentially is a tournament team because of mm-hmm. those guys being back. UCLA, well, UCLA, that's another one. UCLA maybe, they're, Kansas, maybe they're a tournament team. UCLA and Kansas are the ones that, at the very top of the sport, I mean, these this is a nat- like national title hopes fringed on, uh, we're dependent on these guys deciding. Uh, but USC, they might mm-hmm. be a tournament team now because Mobley's back. Arizona, uh, Ohio State, probably a tournament team yeah. or, or a, a significantly better one with Liddell. You know, SMU, Texas Tech with Shannon. These are all teams that potentially can make the tournament now. So and it's not like they're trash ass teams. These decisions were big. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a, a good day for college basketball fans. 
Are we? Are they? Are should they be our winner again? <laughs> they're like the winner they're of the cer- offseason. They're certainly not. Congratulations, college basketball fans. Absolutely. Yes. Base, I'm going to let you talk about this one because, you know, I'm the most biased person here. You can at least, like, avoid the bias when talking about our favorite team. But Dawson Garcia. Yeah, that was uh, – you kind of talked about the transfer portal being a loser in this. The transfer portal is kind of taking a back seat to some of the to some of the guys opting back into the college game. Uh Probably the biggest news of the transfer portal over the last week has been, unless, again, I'm maybe dating myself a little bit here, it's July 8th, so we're still waiting on decisions from Coffee Cockburn, Marcus Carr, and uh, and Cedric Russell maybe. But mm-hmm. I mean, Dawson Garcia picking uh, University of North Carolina over Arizona and Illinois. The Marquette transfer, he averaged like 13.5 points and seven boards or something, I think, as a freshman. Really, really good player. Entered the draft. Probably would have been like a, a fringe second-round pick. Uh, and he picked North Carolina. That uh, that takes UNC from, I think, having the chance to be a, a decent team. Probably similar to what they were last year, where it's like they're, they're okay, but not maybe by UNC standards very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he joins Armando Baycott now and, and Brady Manick to make a monster trio in your front court. Yeah. How good is that compared to what, I mean, last year all the talk was UNC is going to have just this monster front court, best front court in America. It was two monsters. Though. Maybe. What front court do you like better? This one with, with I mean, I like now you, you, you have to project a little bit with Manic and Garcia. You haven't seen them yet. Uh, what do you think? A junior Armando Baycott, a fifth-year senior Brady Manic, and a sophomore Dawson Garcia versus what they had last year with Garrison Brooks, Baycott, and, and your freshman. Yeah. Well, what do you like better? I go back. We talked about it. A couple weeks ago with, you know, Baycott, when he announced he returned, I talked about how, like, you know, he just didn't have much room to operate. They mm-hmm. have three other talented big men, Kessler, Garrison Brooks, Aaron Sharp, a year ago. And to the point where he catched in the post, he turns one way. Double team from whoever's got on the other post player. He turns the other guys way. around him. He turns the other way. The guy's sagging off because no one can shoot a three for North Carolina, right? There's no room to operate. And that's something that Hubert Davis mentioned during – you know, when he got hired is he wants to sort of embrace the three ball, right? And you look at the three transfers he's gotten this year. Justin McCoy, Virginia. You know, three, four guy. Brady Manick. I'm blanking. Dawson Garcia. That's a top. How do I blank on that? Anyways, those three guys. What's a similarity between the three of those? They're rangy, they play, rangy four men. They can play the four, but they're not traditional. They're not traditional four men, right? in the Roy Williams system. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that he's really embracing that three ball and really sticking to his words on what he's going to, what he's going to preach. And he's he wants to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Brady Manick can shoot the three. He's probably going to come off the bench. If he does start, Dawson Garcia will come off the bench and he can shoot the three. You know, you saw this when, was it late February? It must've been late February when I think it was Miami canceled the game against North Carolina. They rescheduled it to Marquette's lose that game. And I have a theory on this. I think this is North Carolina playing chess. They let Dawson Garcia score 20-some points against them. They showed him, like, hey, you can shoot in this gym. How about you come play for us next year? Right? Well, I thought I thought at the time it was a great chess move by by Olroy trying to let the, the Marquette coach look good to rise up Ooh. in that Coach K successor ranking. Yeah. And, and Marquette said, not so fast. We, we see through your bullshit. <laughs> We're firing him. Um that's neither here nor there, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think now what you've got is, you know, they always talk about, uh, 
they talk about this in football with with your wide receiver room. You want you want a varying types of players, right? You want the big physical kind of power forward wide receiver, your, your Julio Jones type. You want your, your vertical threat who can get down the field, be a speedster type. You want maybe your guy who can, who can kind of, you want your run the routes, get over the middle, kind of be your slot guy, mm-hmm. right? You, you want these different types of guys. You don't want just four big bodied receivers who can only do one thing. You don't want four just speedsters who can only do one thing. UNC's bigs last year, the guy with the most range was probably Garrison Brooks, mm-hmm. who, Basically, you know, anything outside of like a 16-foot elbow jumper that he tries to bank somehow and makes occasionals, um, they didn't have any. They all did the same thing. Dayron Sharp, land warrior in the paint, right? He can't, he can't shoot. Uh, he needs to just crush you on the glass. Baycott, same deal. Land warrior kind of right on the block. Walker Kessler, people, they tell me he can shoot. Uh, I know, I believe my eyes. I watched him shoot free throws, and he was god-awful at it. Mm-hmm. Can't shoot. Harrison Brooks, not a great shooter. Now they've they've added guys who kind of do a little bit of both. Baycott is really good inside, as you as you mentioned. He's going to have kind of the block to himself a lot of times, and, and really can punish people. Manic, really not going to ever go inside. Half of his shots or more are going to come from the three point line. They always did at Oklahoma. And Garcia is kind of a blend of the two, where he can, he can space out the floor, but I don't think he's in love with shooting the three ball, where it's going to be a detriment. He'll go inside. I mean, he's six eleven, mm-hmm. so you still get to play that Carolina style where you might still be able to punish people on the glass because you've got bigs who can who can go to the rim. And, and he's, he's, he can dribble, too. He can. He can handle the ball and he can pass. I mean, that's kind of what you want from a quote-unquote modern four, mm-hmm. right? You need these these guys who can who can dribble, shoot, pass, do all the stuff that basically they're supersized small forwards uh, for what we used to know small forwards to be. Uh, this is really going to benefit UNC. I mean, I really do think – I don't think they're like a national title, not quite on that kind of level – but if in the preseason, if we were doing they're rankings, probably top, they're probably ranked 12. That's what I was going to say. Like a, a, a two days ago or before the Garcia news, you're probably thinking like what, 18, mm-hmm. 20. I think he, he bumps them up like that. And yeah, I mean, you got, you got the pieces now to, to, to do some damage maybe in the ACC. Yep. And one thing I just want to add on, um, I saw this tweet today. So in the past 25 years, North Carolina has seven made three-pointers from someone 6'11 or taller. Seven? Seven in the past 25 years. 6'11 or taller? Yes. Okay. Dawson Garcia, who is six who is eleven exactly? He's listed at 6'11? Had 26 a year ago. Yeah, he probably knocked down, what, like 37% of them or something? Yeah. I mean, he's a good percentage. He's a good shooter. I think I saw 48% from the field. Okay. So, yeah, he shoots a good percentage. Um, and, yeah, just a big get for North Carolina. Huge. Do you have any other player movement? Yeah, the other the other transfer that was worth even noting that I mentioned or that I noticed was uh, Alonzo Verge, the Arizona State combo guard, picking Nebraska. Kind of like kind of like Vanderbilt with with Scotty Pippen. I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be great. I don't think Nebraska is going to be, you know, like a Big Ten contender or something. But I don't think Nebraska is going to be like some joke of a team next year. Actually, mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine because they've been nothing but kind of a joke over the last two three years with with Fred Hoiberg, but I think they've got maybe some pieces with, with Trey McGowan's coming in. His younger brother, Bryce McGowan's is a top 20 recruit, I think, or a top, he's like a top, it's like a five-star kid yeah. um, coming in as a freshman. And now you add a, a couple of really good transfers, including this Verge who, who averaged like 14 a game at Arizona state. And I don't, I don't know if I love watching him play. He's a guy who kind of seems like a uh, like an NBA sixth man who comes in and just kind of a heat check guy. So it's like if it, if it's going well, it's like let him cook. But if it's 
if it's not going well, he can shoot you out of a game. Uh, but Verge can score. He had like 45 in a game for Arizona State at one point last year. I mean, the kid can go get you buckets. And, you know, I think that's a nice pickup. Not, not a great one, but, you know, a good piece for a, for a Nebraska team that is trying to get out of the cellar of the Big Ten. Nice. Um, yeah, I think the only other thing I have as far as player movement is two guys who sort of you know, 50-50, whether or not they're going to stay in the draft, are in both point guards, Jose Alvarado and Jason Preston. Um, yeah. Alvarado from Georgia Tech, uh, sort of their lead dog a year ago, um, as well as Jason Preston, who basically became like a a great story. A darling. Like a darling story. And basically ended up with him knocking on Virginia. Mm-hmm. In the first round of the tournament had a great game. And actually, he didn't have that good a game. He didn't shoot that great a percentage, I don't think. Why did he play that? Or, am I, or is it the second round game? Anyways, that's not that that a good there. Yeah. Um, but both of those guys have announced that they are staying in the NBA draft. Um, probably both looking at second round status, if anything. Um, yeah, that's really the last thing I have for any player movement. Yeah, we didn't really focus on some of the guys that left left for the draft. We're a college basketball podcast, so we really focused on the positives right. of guys coming back. I'm trying to think if there were any, though, that that stood out in terms of guys that are leaving. Jalen Suggs is staying in the draft, I saw. Yeah, shocking. Yeah. Yeah. James Booknight, same deal. You yeah. know, Kate Cunningham. Yeah, surprising. Is uh, is Zagorowski from Creighton leaving? I think he I is. I'm trying to think of other guys that are that are staying or leaving. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some good ones. Yeah, he might be gone. Yeah, I think he's gone. Yeah, okay. he, he had a tweet saying "bet on yourself" and has like the praying thing. Hashtag bet on yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's but the he, new thing. I, I think that means you're, he's he's gone. I'm trying to think of some other particularly kind of those in, in that 50-50 one where you're, you're not sure if they're leaving or staying. Like Dwayne Washington, we mentioned, was, yeah. was maybe the biggest one that I can think of. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I really do. I think it was a really good day in terms of guys, fringe players coming back. And we haven't had that in the last few years. We've had the, the, the numbers of underclassmen declaring and leaving. It's been in, like, the, like the 90 range, and it's like – a lot of these guys aren't going to get drafted, as you mentioned. They're going to go play in the G League or play overseas, or just we're going to take the money. You know, I'm going to make thirty grand, but I got to start my financial clock. I got to start making money here. And a lot of these guys now are back, and I do think that's a big a big part of that is because of the NIL stuff. Which um, let's let's go. You know, it means college basketball's going to be better. So yeah, I love it. All right. Yeah, and the last thing I have, um, this just I think it was announced today. In fact. Um, we, won't, we won't spend too much time on it because it doesn't actually kick in till the season after this one. Is they announced this jump jump man invitational? Yeah, jump man obviously having to do with the Jordan brand, mm-hmm. where they are having the men's and women's teams. Um, for it's four schools: it's Florida, Michigan, North Carolina, and Oklahoma. Um, says I think it says those are the first four to ever sign partnership deals with the Jordan brand. So they're just gonna have a little. I'm guessing almost like a CBS Sports Classic or something like that. Um, it looks like a three-year deal. So I think that would be cool. But Sure, more, more good non-conference games. Although yeah. that means UNC might have to play Michigan. That kind of sucks. But I, yeah, if, I mean, if they are going to play Michigan, they wouldn't play them in the Big Ten and ACC Challenge. In. That's true, but yeah. that just means that we'd play them in general. Right. kind of sucks. Oh, hey, Hunter Dickinson coming back. I guess that oh, was, yeah, that was one that we didn't really one. hit on. That, that that's is a big huge for one. the Big Ten. I guess I had assumed that he was going to come back automatically just because he just doesn't look like an NBA guy to me. And he's left-handed, right? 
Yeah, because he doesn't because have, he doesn't have a right hand. Yeah, I he has no left shoulder. Is my shot. is my takeaway from him. He right. always wants to go left. Go sit up, sit on that left left shoulder. Yeah. basically. Yeah, or sit on the right shoulder. He's got no shot. Yeah, but he's back, and I think that probably puts that cements probably Michigan as your Big Ten favorite mm-hmm. beginning of the year, right? Maybe Purdue. Yeah, one of those two. They're tier one and tier one A. No tier one A and one B. One B I. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Roman numeral yes. one I. So it's a one. Right. Okay. You got anything else? No, not really. We can. We got. I got. I had. I had top uh, best combos. Just random thoughts here. Best combos, but we can talk about these later. Okay. Yeah, because we're gonna need that. Because I've got. Can, can you imagine the past like three months if we didn't have transfer portal stuff and all the playroom? What were we gonna talk about? Food, which we do. Indeed. Yeah. Already. That's where all of my combos are. <laughs> it's all food stuff. So. And so I was thinking about this. Okay. I think. Is it November games usually about start? Yeah, early early November. Because I think about the last eight to ten weeks, we, we're going to do conference previews. We're going right. like, to do an AC conference preview, SEC, and go, go fire that up in, like, September. Yeah, I think September. So that's what, in less than two months? Yeah. yeah. Six it's going to be, it's gonna be great content. Crazy. Our fans are ready. We're only 100 days away from college basketball. Like 100 or something. I saw Rossi on Rossi tweets it, like, every day. It's outstanding. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right. Bye. Later.